Welcome to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about our one reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here's Roberta. Welcome to Seek Reality. I'm Roberta Grimes and I'm so happy you're with us today. In my family, whenever anyone comes across anything at all about life after death, of course, they always forward it on to mom. And not long ago, someone forwarded to me a horrifying, really horrific statistic. More than 80% of all the people in the world are literally still afraid to die. How is that even possible in this day and age when the evidence is so clear, so abundant, and so certain that everyone happily survives the change in condition that is physical death? How is it possible that 80% don't know? Just last week, we had some men here giving us an estimate for deck improvements, and one of them noticed that we have a lot of copies of one book, on a shelf beside our family room fireplace. And that's because I give away a lot of copies, so they're right there. They're ready to be given away. He looked at my daughter and me together, and he said, is one of you the Roberta Grimes who wrote The Fun of Dying? So then while my husband and daughter went out with his partner and they talked about the deck, I helped this man who had recently lost his wife to deal with the fears that people have when they have just lost someone they love. When they left... That man had plans. We had, of course, we had plans to enlarge our deck, but that man knew about SeekReality.com, and he had three books in his hand, plus my promise to answer all his questions once he had read those books. It is a travesty that in the 21st century, everyone on earth doesn't enjoy the happy certainty that we live forever. All the evidence that our lives are eternal has been readily available for more than a century, but there are surprising reasons why the truth about our eternal lives is not more widely known. And since fear, believe it or not, I have to tell you this, fear, there is not, it's, it's not just about death. This is about life. Fear is the source of most of the evils in the world that we now worry about. And fear of death is the base fear. So Today's guest and I are devoting the rest of our lives to doing all that we can to eradicate the fear of death altogether. The wonderful, irrepressible Dr. R. Craig Hogan is with us today on Seek Reality for the 38th time. Craig Hogan is the world's leading expert on death and the afterlife, and he is my mentor and guide in doing this work. Together, we have established SeekReality.com, which is the world's only and ultimate source of information about what really happens at and after death. And given how much harm the fear of death is doing in the world right now today, without our even knowing how bad it is, how, how much wrong and how much harm is happening because of it, Today, Craig and I are going to talk today, you know, about just what may be the most important topic of all for us and for any of us to be talking about, which is how we can get rid of our fear of death in the world. Craig, welcome. I'm so glad to have you with us again. Yeah, I'm ecstatic to be here. You know, we we have so much to talk about, and uh, these Seek Reality episodes are are full of information that I wish that we could get to people. I wish that we could open up everybody's minds and give it to them all at once and and make a difference for humankind. If they only realized, if people only realized what we know to be true, it would make a, a whole different species. We would evolve into something immediately that is entirely different than anything that has ever evolved in humanity's history. I think that's the part that's so frustrating. Because it isn't, this isn't really about death. It's about life and about how to transform life. And that, that, let's talk. I'd like to hear what your thoughts are about it because I think about this all the time now. There really is no death. Death and the dead are mythologies. They are ways of people ex- explaining what happens at the end of the life when they see that the body no longer ceases to function. And they wonder what happens to the body or what happens to the person at that time. 
And so they have come to the conclusion, many people have come to the conclusion that death is the end of everything. It's the end of the mind because the mind seemed to have been inextricably intertwined with the body. And so then the, the mind must be gone. And the problem with that was uh, in the early part of the first millennium, uh, Christianity became very uh, prominent in Western, in Western world. And as a result of that, the Western world then gave up on thinking about spirituality as anything but what religion told, what told us it was. And then when four centuries ago, science began to take over and, tell, and say, you don't need that religion stuff. Everything is by accident. Uh, we have explanations for it all, and there's no need for a God. And so science took over, and spirituality still hadn't developed. And in fact, it left religion behind, which is all the people have, were clinging to as their spirituality. And so now most people are left without an anchor. They're left without any notion of what happens after the body dies. And so we're just now beginning to discover, it's as though we're going through a third phase. We went from religion dominating the world to science dominating the world to now where we understand the truth and the reality will dominate the world. And that reality is what we know to be true, that we continue to live. There is no such thing as death. There's only a transition. And then we transition to the next stage of our lives, just like growing from an infant to a child, from a child to an adolescent, from an adolescent to a young adult. It's exactly the same thing. And just in this case, at the end of that transition period, we leave the body behind. And that's what we see because we're still on the earth plane. Absolutely right. And this is actually also what Jesus came to teach us. He came to teach us that there is no death. And unfortunately, when the Romans uh, in, in the year roughly 300 to 325 A.D., took over the Christian movement, which was a movement before that. It wasn't a religion. Jesus didn't come to start a religion. He came to start a movement. Um, they, when they took it over, they turned what to him was a, was the glorious tada of, see, there is no death. They turned it into a Jesus died for your sins. Well, he came to abolish sin. All of this is in the Gospels, but of course, the Christian religion doesn't teach what Jesus taught. It teaches the Roman version, which has nothing to do with the words of Jesus. When we are in the process, as, as you know, because you're really the leading, the lead, the, the, the driver of this, but we're about to, to show the world what Jesus actually taught. Although there's no need for us to do this if the Christian religion were based in the teachings of Jesus, because they're all in the, 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 the Christian Bible. It's just that the Christian religion doesn't teach those teachings. But um, he came to teach us all of this. And then when when the the people that were around him, there was a, I, we, we should briefly stop and talk about what uh, what what the what was the custom at the time that Jesus was on earth, because people don't I don't think understand this. Many people don't. They used to lay people out and um, uh, for, for a year, two years inside caves after they had died. And then after their bodies had rotted away, they would gather up the bones and they would put the bones into bone boxes. And that's what they, they preserved was the bones. So if ever people knew that, my goodness, there's nothing left, it was the people who, were, who, who lived at the time of Jesus because they, there was really nothing left. So he could not convince the people he was teaching that we don't die. What do you mean we don't die? You know, look at grandma, all that's left of her is a bunch of old bones. So how could he convince people we don't die? The only thing he could do was to offer himself up to be murdered in the most horrible way. Crucifixion is a ghastly way to die, but he did that. He did that for us. He allowed himself to be crucified and murdered. And then he arranged to be to rise from the dead to prove to us that there is no death and the they then he arranged actually for his burial cloth to be preserved and the shroud of turin has on it the evidence that jesus indeed is god was god and still is eternally god 
because the the um, the the burn the scorch marks, uh, which are the evidence of his resurrection that are on the Shroud of Turin, could not be duplicated even today. The energy it took for him to reanimate a dead body was so strong that 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 they, they, the the uh, scientists who have studied the Shroud say that the that energy could not be duplicated even today which to me is really exciting and wonderful, don't you think? I just love that, Craig. But all right, so he proved when he rose from the dead that there is no death. Look what I did. You can do this too. This is who you are. He said, all the things I did, you can do as well. He proved there is no death, and indeed there is no death for all of us. Yeah, and that was what he, his, his intention was. Yes, that's why he rose from the dead. It had nothing to do with right. sin. He had already, already triumphed over sin while he was alive. His intention was to show us that there is no death. And he then appeared to his followers afterwards, and they were just amazed when he appeared. They didn't understand who it was or uh, how he had managed to arise from the grave. And uh, and so it was intended to make a difference for them. It was intended to show them that they needn't fear that they were going to be leaving the body, that they would continue to live after they had gone. And that message then was lost very quickly uh, among those who, who were his followers and, and then especially the, the Roman authorities who, as you said, took over in the early part of the fourth century. And so then that message that you don't need to worry about dying because you're not going to die. Uh, you're going to just be transition to a new stage of your life, and then you will live there in, within the many mansions that are there. And when you live there, you will be happy and contented and healthy, and, and you will continue in your spiritual growth. And that message then was lost. It was oh. buried, buried under the, the, the concept of the atonement and that uh, everyone is a sinful creature Judgment. And to be saved you had to come to the church yep the religion had to be fear-based because otherwise they, they could not get people to get out of church I, i'd rather out of bed on sunday and come to church and put money in the till that was what it was all about and so because that's true, people now are terrified. I mean, talking to that, and this is very fresh in my mind because this just happened two weeks ago. This man stood, and he, I couldn't even get him to sit down because he was a workman and he was afraid his clothes were dirty. And so he, I couldn't get him to sit down in my house. We stood and we watched the, the, the people out on my deck talking about my deck. And, and he kept saying, how do you know? How do you know? How can you know that there is no, no death? And so I, I talked to him about the evidence. We have so much evidence and from so many different sources, and it all tells us the same gigantic set of things. There is no possibility that you are going to die. Everyone listening today knows, and you can be, be, be glad to the, the, to the very marrow of your bones that you are going to be living forever. It's impossible for you to die. The only part of you that's real and true and, 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 and really ever will live forever is your mind. But the only part of you that's real is your mind now. All the rest of it is matter. It doesn't matter. The part of you that's real is your mind. That's who you are. And that's eternal. Yeah. And the, the part of us that, that people don't realize is the, the mind that's separate from the body is the part that is eternal that, that continues uh, but uh, because of the fact that when we look around, we see things that are substantial. We see things that are matter and energy. And so we assume that we must be matter and energy. And so we take on the identity of ourselves as being material in the bodies that we see when we interact with each other. And so it's difficult for people to see that we are not the bodies. We're using the bodies as rather like avatars in this realm in which yes. we're lessons and that once we uh, are done with this when we're finished with this realm then we simply go on to another realm and then we have a new body it's a, a different body it is a, a body that's in our prime and from there then we continue to grow spiritually from there and the people can't see that they don't realize that that's true because they think 
that the, they see the material world around us. The body is material. The body must be all that there is. And so when the body dies, the person dies. And that's just a fiction. It's absolute mythology. Uh, yeah. so, and it's ignorance that, that, that we have to help people to understand. You never were the body. You were no. just using and, the body. And, and this is all uh, illusion. This, this, what, what we see around us is illusion. Um, and, and that's hard for people to grasp because it seems so solid. But even Albert Einstein said that. He said, he said, this, what you see around you is illusion. It's a heck of an illusion, he said, but it's an illusion all the same. It's it, the, the matter we see around us is 99.99% empty space because the, the atoms within it are 99.99% empty space. The reason you can't put your hand right through your desk or through the wall is that, that they, the atoms in your hand would conflict with the atoms in the wall. It's that simple. And, and it's, that, it's, it's extraordinary. This is how I think of it. Um, if, the, if the White House, um, where it is and the size that it is, with the nucleus of an atom, the closest orbiting electron in that atom would probably be about as far away from it as Denver, Colorado. Now think about how far away that is. And, and there'd be nothing between them at all, nothing. Isn't that amazing? I mean, look at a map and look at how far away. Think how small the White House would be on that map and look, and look think about how far away Denver is. That's how, how what, the, what the proportion of things are inside every single atom. There's nothing there. It's all illusion. And then, and even inside the 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 particles inside the, those subatomic particles inside that atom, if you if you could look inside those subatomic particles, they're just vortices of energy. There's really nothing there. That's why why Einstein said what he said. It's all an illusion. It's it's a very good illusion, but it's all an illusion. Yeah, there is nothing but matter and, and uh, nothing but energy. Matter is just a slowed down form of energy. Yes. And, and as a result of that, because it's only energy, then we have to answer the question, how could this energy take on different forms? How could it form a planet or a, a tree how could it form an ocean or a person? And so because it's the same atoms, the, the, the same atoms that are mostly empty space. And the only way they, they, they could happen is that there is underneath that there's information. So information is really the, the building block. It's the it's the part of the fundamental part of reality. And information is the consciousness. Our consciousness then is the information that gives form and substance to what we see as reality. And we, and we realize that that's true now. And even the, the scientists, the early uh, progenitors of quantum mechanics all realized that was true. They said it, Max Planck said it, and, and Heisenberg said it, and Bohr said it, and, and they said it in different ways, but they said the same thing, and that was lost. So that they, they realize that, that, that it is impossible for the world to exist as something which is a separate set of entities, a separate set, set of matter and energy that is different from people and, and different from the mind. And, and yet that was completely lost. So I have wondered where so much of this fear comes from. But I watch my emails. I, I encourage emails. Um, at the end of each of these broadcasts. And so I, I, um, I, I, I watch them and I, I see where the fear comes from. And believe it or not, I mean, many people say, oh, aren't we glad we have near-death experiences because now people know that there's life after death. Well, I think many of them come from near-death experiences because the, the, um, the YouTube channels are full of near-death experiences and many of them, are negative people who have um, I, I think there's something like one in seven near-death experiences are actually negative people have people claim that they have uh, gone to the afterlife but which so let's first talk about what near-death experiences are nobody who has come back to tell the tale has ever actually died nobody 
Let me say that again so that you understand everybody who's listening. No near-death experiencer has ever actually died. You cannot die and come back to life. That is impossible. You can have your um, your vital signs flatline, but if you if you are revived, even if you've been on on life support for a year, you have never actually died. Death is a one way trip. How do we know that? Because there is, and this this comes from the Bible. There's something called a silver cord which maintains your body alive. It is it detaches who you actually are, your your astral body, your your your, um, your your energy body to your material body and maintains your material body alive. If it's severed, you die, and it's death is an irrevocable trip. Uh, and in many more extensive near death experiences, there's uh, there's a voice that is reported that says you must turn back. If you continue to go forward, you're very near where the dead are. And if you go forward, you're at your silver cord, which is a term from the Bible, will sever and you will not be able to return to your material body. You will you'll be dead. And so most people then turn back. We think a few people don't and they their bodies are found and they're dead. But um, you cannot die and come back to life. Where do near-death experiences occur? Many of them um, uh, actually are what amount to um, astral travel experiences. People go to the astral plane, which is gigantic. It's as, at least as big or several times as big as the entire universe. And that's, I think, um, and I don't, I don't know whether Craig agrees with me, I think that's where we actually live our eternal lives. It's just gigantic. A little tiny part of it is where we go when we die. Um, and, and sort of a, like a foyer between this life, this, this, um, material world and, uh, or the universe and, uh, and the astral plane. But you can't go to that foyer and come back out of it and go and go back into this world. I mean, it's a one way trip. If you go into that foyer, you can't come out of it again. So, um, th- these, these near-death experiences are very, very um, uh, aberrant. They're, they're experiences that our guides have given us. Often they're, 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 they're like they're dreamlike. They're often they're meant to teach us lessons. They include weird beings. Uh, strange things happen. Sometimes weird, those weird beings impersonate God or Jesus, angels. Who knows? Weird, strange things happen, but they don't have, they're not real. They're, they're dreams. They're effectively dreams. So with that, that little, little preface, many people, they they seem real. And many times they seem love filled. So people are sure they've died. And then they get on YouTube and they report, oh, God told me this. Jesus told me that. Or I went to hell and it was full of flames and the devil told me this, and the devil told me that. And and so people then email Roberta Grimes, and they say, oh, um, I I saw this YouTube, and Jesus said this, and, and or God told me that, and they're scared to death. And no wonder they're scared. But it's just like, it's just like, uh, you know, someone told me this weird dream, and I'm scared now. But it was not real. None of it was real. But I think there's cranked up fear, Craig, like you cannot believe. Yeah, it's unfortunate. They, they, they are like bad dreams. They're like nightmares. The person is still alive, is still a person on the earth plane, is having all the experiences of the earth plane. And that means that they do have these experiences that are negative when they're in the process of, of being in trauma. So they're in trauma at that point. And the the part of them that is still physical is having what amounts to a nightmare. This is a very small number of, of people. Not only that, but the the all of the the descriptions of these negative NDEs are are different. Uh, they don't have similarities. The, the descriptions of NDEs that are positive all have similarities, and they all are in the same vein. But those that are hellish or negative don't have the same similarities, but they're just bad dreams 
that people are having. And one of the, and we're not just saying that that's true. It, we know that it's true because we communicate with the people who have already made it to the other side. In other words, they didn't have a near-death experience. They had a death experience. So they right. transitioned to the next realm of life. They're living now in the next realm of life. And, and to a person, every one of them say the same thing. There is no such thing as a hell. There is no, There's no such, hell. No such place as a hell. That that was created by the the early Christian Church, and it was continued. It was uh, promulgated in order to keep people in line. Yeah, totally, totally nonsense, and and uh, and horrible nonsense too. There are the most ghastly um, uh, things that were that were said to people in the 19th century, especially horrible, horrible things were said. Uh, to people to try to keep them in line. I, I could report to you, so because I did research in this, I mean, I was a very zealous Christian for a very long time, and, and I, I could tell you things that would absolutely break your heart, especially that were said to parents who didn't manage to get their babies baptized in time. Uh, this is what's going to happen now, now. This is this is this is uh, because because you didn't get your baby baptized in time. This is what's going to happen to your baby, which is now in hell forever. Oh my goodness! Break your heart. Yeah, it's a terrible mythology, and it's something that we we do have to get rid of. We have to eliminate that mythology, and we'll do it by bringing forth the witnesses the people who have gone through the experience of transition, and they all say that it, it's a wonderful experience. And not so coincidentally, those who have NDEs that are the normal NDEs, that are the vast majority of NDEs, all describe the same thing. And they say that, that when they make the transition, it's a wonderful experience, that there's an unconditional love feeling that they're getting when they go to into the NDE. But the important thing is when the people go to the next life, they are enthralled with the beauty of the next life. They're in, it's a wonderful place. There is no judgment. Nobody is condemned. Nobody is, is sent to a place where they have to be in, in, in terrible torment for the remainder of their eternal lives. And so it's just a mythology and it's a mythology that has to go away. But still, nobody who reports on an NDE, whether it's a good one or a bad one, who if they're standing in front of you and able to tell the tale, they never actually died. Even the good NDEs are not a traditional death experience. Because when people actually die, they're almost always at a planned exit point. Um, and that's a, a, a by design. Um, we, we plan our lives when we, we before we're born. We plan a very careful. This is this is a serious thing. There are far more people who want to experience a life on Earth than there are bodies, especially now when when a, a abortion is kind of a vogue. People people uh, try to make abortion as easy as possible, especially in the United States, and uh, and they they a lot of babies don't get the chance to get born. And it's even, even though that there was a, a baby and this is something I'm not sure about Craig, whether there, there always was a, a, a lifetime plan for those babies that got murdered or whether, uh, whether there wasn't, uh, I, I just don't know, but whether or not there was, uh, there have been millions and millions of babies that were, were not born that could have had a life planned for them and now uh, there, there never was a life planned uh, or a life that was realized for them. And many more people would like to have had that life opportunity and, and be, been able to, to have those life experiences that now never got to be had because of the, the, of the abortion. We need to separate out the, the idea of the body and the idea of who we are. And uh, people are, are unable to do that. We, we are not... The person who is having experiences in Earth school on Earth until the point when we can have the experiences and and grow and, and learn from them. Before that, it, it's only a potential. So we can say that, that the, the fetus was a potential person. And so then the, the fetus, if, if the, the fetus, if that person who was not born then 
goes on uh, is loved by the people around them, then they will be born in the next realm of life. We know that to be true. We've actually communicated with the people who were not carried to term and they were born in the next life and they've grown up there. So we know that that's true until that happens, until they become the person they are, either in the next life or in, in this life as they uh, are born and then they grow into a person. Until that happens, they're, they're simply part of the scenery. They're, they're, uh, there is no life in them. There is no life in the sense of being the mind, the eternal mind. Uh, so that it does not harm the person when a fetus is aborted, if there was a person who was going to inhabit that or use that fetus then as a child, then that person is just going to go on to another parent and they'll be born there. And so we know that that's true, that the, uh, the fetus is, is, is just part of the scenery. It's just part of the earth realm. It is not part of the eternal mind. But, the, but there are many more people who would like to have a body and so it's a precious thing to to plan a a life on earth and therefore we take very seriously planning a body planning a life in a body and and therefore we we but once we get here this is not fun i mean you may think because you don't remember what it was like to be at home you you may think you're having fun, but you ha you don't know what fun is till you get back home again. Believe me, it's a wonderful, wonderful place, and there's so much more to do there than here. So um, we we plan our exit points when we think we've we've gotten as much as we can out of this lifetime. We do want to go home again, and therefore, planned death is meant to be as as good as happy as love filled as joyous as a as a as a good life is and it's not it's not aberrant it's not it doesn't have strange things happen in it at all and um the the, the we, we we wrote we've written about um, i have written several times in my blog and i wrote in the fun of dying what a what a good life and a good death and and the process of dying um, would be like it's very consistent we have many 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 reports of, of what a good death is like. And uh, that's what happens. It, it's, it doesn't, there are many different kinds of deaths reported in um, the, the in, um, near-death experiences. And usually uh, they're, they're very, very, very much more consistent with one another than they are in the typical near-death experience, which tends to be something that your guide, if you have one, your guide has planned it to be a little different because it's planned for you. It, it's like a dream is different. Dreams are all different from one another because they're planned for you by your own guide to give you the experience that you might have needed in that particular situation. They're all different. That's that's. But there. But as Craig says, they're they're for the most part meant to be positive experiences for you. That that's that's just the way it is. Yeah. The everything that happens to us during the Earth School term when we're in earth school is intended to teach us lessons yes and, and so what happens is when someone has a near-death experience and they come back to this life then that was because it was meant to teach them something that was part of their life experience part of their life lessons and and so that means that some people will have un, unfortunate or, or negative experiences and that that's because they needed that as part of their life experience they needed to, to learn something from it uh and uh so we we can't take anything that happens during the lifetime as being the truth for everyone for the whole universe for all of us for every person and uh, it, it's intended for that individual it's intended for that person so there's a message there uh, and as far as the, the negative uh, near-death experiences, they, they, they are uh, of three different types. They're of the, the negative that are uh, somehow they people feel like there are people grabbing them and, and jostling them around and, and doing things to them uh, in that experience. And that's because they're in the middle of a trauma. And there are things that, that those things are actually happening to them. People are jostling them around and, and manipulating them. And, then the second type is the, the, the type in which they have 
uh, instead of having a wonderful experience of going into the light, they have an experience of going into darkness. Uh, but that again is is just something which is part of the nightmare. Uh, it's part of the fact that they they are not alert at that time, and so then they're having that experience in, in the body as part of their physical realm experience. And so then that is the experience that happens as a result of that. And the final one is is that there are some of these negative experiences that are just completely idiosyncratic. They have nothing to do with anything. They have to do with a person who, who has a, a terrible headache and or they have a, a terrible feeling like they're falling or or something of that sort. These are just nightmares. Uh, and the statistic that I am I'm aware of suggests that there's only two uh, percent of the people who have NDEs that are negative, uh, as opposed to the 98 percent who have positive. Uh, that's a lot better. <laughs> that that's there. I, I have seen it as as much as one in seven have, or at least to some extent, negative, which is a lot more depressing. Yeah, it's a smaller number than that, and uh, the the uh, there are others, and that they're included in that one in seven. I'm sure there are others that are just not as positive as the near death experience generally is, because the near death experiences follow the same protocol they follow the same pattern and so we know that what they're like and some of them are outside of that in in some way other than those completely negative experiences but i'm sure that that's true that it would be the one in seven is of the people who don't have the completely positive nde that other people have um, but as far as hellish the idea of hell or the idea of, of people writhing in, in pain and and in the fires of, of hell, that's a, such a small number, and, and, and even those uh, are not consistent with each other, and they're coming out of the person's own memories or thoughts or, or inclinations or beliefs, right. and they're yeah. not coming out of reality. Totally bogus. Absolutely no such yeah. possibility. Oh, Lord. So how can we help people who are saying, all right, so you're... Um, you're talking a good game, but but I'm still scared. How can we help them? What 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 advice do we have for them? Yeah, what people have to do is to be open. Just open your mind, uh, and if you open your mind, then the truth is going to rise to the surface, the same way that water finds its own level. And if you open your mind and continue to look and to listen and to, to hear what's what is happening then eventually then the truth will come to you. It is a, a process. It is a long process. We all go through that. I went through that. I know you went through that. You go through the process of, of saying, you know, uh, when you, you come out of that feeling either either by being solidly in a religion or being solidly as an atheist or, or someone who has no religious or spiritual inclination, and you go from that point into realizing something's wrong here because this this does not make sense i'm 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 finding out these new things and these new things don't fit with that what in the world is going on and so going from that point and and, and then it's a gradual process of growing throwing off the old belief system adding the new belief system which is the truth and it happens over a period of time so somebody shouldn't expect that there will be a magic bullet. There's that one piece of information that's going to teach them or going to give them uh, incontrovertible truth that there is a life after this life. It's going to take a while. It's going to take learning the new reality and then just throwing off the old reality in those small pieces as the, the truth comes to them. What what did it for me was the preponderance of the evidence, as we lawyers say. Um, I, when I discovered the all the the communications that that uh, came around the turn of the twentieth century through the deep trance mediums and other physical mediums, and there's a lot of them. Um, and I was reading that they, they they came in this in southern England in the eastern United States. And I, I just was reading them. They, they, they're like candy. I mean, it was fascinating to keep to keep reading them. And uh, and in the around in the sixties, you could find them in used bookstores. There were whole books of them. And the more I read of them, and there were none of them were 
were duplicates. They were all different. And the more I read of them and, and uh, I, the more I saw that they were all talking about the same things, the same physics, the same uh, process, the same details. And I thought, you know, this is not, and, and there were no outliers. And the more I read, the more I realized this is not possible if it's not real. And and then it really hit me. It has to be real. And that, I think the preponderance of the evidence is what does it for you in the end. Um, there can't be this much evidence for something that isn't real. Uh, and so I just urge people in the back of, of, of my, of the fun of dying, the fun of staying in touch, the fun of growing forever. Uh, there, there are 70 odd books um, and really, which uh, I would recommend that people, I've read all of them. I can recommend all of them and they come at it six ways to Sunday. Uh, and if you read, just keep reading. And you you start to see that th- there couldn't be that m- much evidence for something that's not true. Um, I, I'm a skeptic. I was skeptical. And the more I read and, and found that there was all that evidence, the more skeptical I became. I mean, you, it's sort of like you, 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 you develop a, a, a stubbornness about it. I, I just I refuse to believe this. I refuse to believe it. But then you start to say, OK, it, it's. Yeah, it, it has to be real. It can't, there can't be this much evidence for something that isn't real. And in the end, it just hits you over the head. Yeah, of course, of course it's real. Right. It's it's so wonderful that, that people say, oh, this, you know, I, I was taught that things are awful and negative and you should feel like there's no hope for the world. And and to turn around and say, no, well, no, that's not true. Things are uh, can be wonderful. They can be beautiful. They can be full of hope and, and all of our dreams can come true. People say, oh, that, that just is fantastical. I can't believe that. I can't believe it's so wonderful. But we're saying, <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. And once you begin to realize that, then your your whole being is infused with this positive, wonderful, warm feeling about what you know about life and the life to come. And so then it's just a matter of people coming to the point of babies in baby steps, just take one step at a time, keep looking, keep being open and water will find its own level. You will find the truth because the truth is all that there is underneath all of this. It's it's just so amazing. It's sort of like, well, I mean, it would, wouldn't it be great if you just, you know, could, could like, like, find that maybe you 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 get you get to the bottom rung of some ladder and and at least you can cling on to the bottom rung you know maybe you can get to go home for milk and cookies or something and 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 what what you find is that that it's really you're the star of some enormous show and you're and and you're the best loved person in the whole universe that's what you find Whoever you are, it's all set up for you. And you're the, I mean, I say at the end of the podcast, you're the best loved person in the universe. That's how, that's how they make you feel. It's the most glorious thing there is. I just can't get over. It isn't just, you don't go home for milk and cookies. You go home for for a, for a 10 ring circus. It's the most amazing thing. God loves you more than you can imagine. Yeah, there is nothing. The, the, the entire universe is infused with love, and we don't realize it. Uh, in order to not to realize it, we have to turn our backs on it, and we turn our backs <laughs> on it because of the fact that we were raised from, uh, from childhood to believe the worst about the world. Yes. And, and to believe that the, that the world is a terrible, cold, hard, hard place that that is a, a, it's full of matter and energy that has no mind to it, has nothing of substance, that uh, it's an accident in time. And so we were reared to believe that that was true as children. And that terrible lie that we were reared with now is dominating people's lives. And if we could just, instead of looking, focusing on that, if we could just turn around and look outward, then we see that the whole universe is infused with love and that we are loved uh, unconditionally and that we will go on to a, a life after this life that is infused with love. And there 
we'll be able to continue in the loving space that we're in and we don't have to live with the lie that there is no such love. It, it's extraordinary because science teaches us what you just said, but also so does Christianity. So do all the religions too. And it's just not true. Jesus taught us how perfectly we're loved. And we, we don't we just don't read that in, in the Gospels. No, Jesus Jesus was very strong on saying that that was his central message. Yes. His central message to humanity was was uh, all you have to do is uh, is have love for one another and have love for what we know to be true about the universe, which is the, the God knowledge. And all you have to do is have those and all of the law uh, uh, is is bound up in those two things, love each other and love God. And that message, that simple message was lost in the huge cathedrals in, in the, the libraries full of theology that are trying to diminish that, that have lost that message, that simple message. And if people could just know that, if each one of us just knew that we need to love each other and we need to love the universe, meaning loving our destiny, loving who we are in, in the world, loving what the universe is, and that's God. And if we just had those two things, our lives would be wonderful. All of us together would be, would live wonderful, beautiful lives together. He said, do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has chosen to give you the kingdom. And people don't, people say, oh, no, he, he's and any God who would who would, would want to watch his son be horribly murdered because just because of I'm so such a horrible sinner. What kind of God? What what then would God do to me? That's that's the message of Christianity, but that was not God's message, and that was not Jesus's messages either. Messages either. It's that's something that's that doesn't come from the Gospels at all. That that comes from Roman Christianity, and we just have to we have to take that away. We have to take that. I think that is the source of so much fear in the world, and we have to get rid of that. It didn't come from the Gospels at all. It's not from Jesus' teachings. No, it served the ends of the of the, uh, the the Roman Church. Yes. So it it served their ends and their desires, and so they continue to instill that in people. And then the the message, the true message that Jesus was teaching, was completely lost. Yes, but not for long, because we're we're just going to show people what Jesus what Jesus taught. And what Jesus taught is nothing but love and joy and the perfect love of the Father. Anyway, we're coming to the end of our time. I think we've pretty much we pretty much told people what what uh, what we wanted to tell them. Craig's in my new website where you can learn everything there is to know about life after death is seekreality.com. And it's really just coming into its own now. If you really wanted to free yourself from the fear of death, just come and check it out. And and if you like it, please know it's Craig's baby. It's really it's really not mine. I mean, we, we started talking about doing it and, and I'm moving on pretty quickly to to teachings of jesus teachings by jesus.com and um we're they're they're going to work together our hope is that if you like one you'll work with the other as well because um that's what actually jesus would like you to do he wants to free you from the fear of death and he wants you to understand the truth about your eternal life um it's important both of them are important, and you can, I don't care what your age is, you can be very old right now. You can make this your last necessary Earth lifetime if you let both websites work together for you. Do you have any last words, Craig, before we, we have to shut this down? Yeah, we just want to help people to understand. You have to understand that there is no death and there are no dead, that, that what we're doing is we are just having one period in our lives. It's rather like... We're in school, in this school, and then we're going to graduate, and we're going to just go back on out into the world and the real world that exists with all of our loved ones, all of our pets that were ever with us. And they're all out there out when we graduate waiting for us. And then we continue from there. We don't have to worry about an ending. There is no ending. There's only, no ending. only a transition. 
Oh, big hug. You are just the dearest friend. You're everybody's dearest friend, my dear. And again, we have come to the end of our time. This has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. I'm so happy you were with us today. It's always so special when Craig joins us. Please never forget that you are a powerful, eternal being. You never began. You never will end. And when you really get what that means, it changes everything in your life. Everything will change for the better. Next week, our guest all the way from across the pond will be Tricia J. Robertson. Like Craig and me, Tricia Tricia spent decades studying death and the afterlife, and the result in her case was three excellent books, Things You Can Do When You're Dead, More Things You Can Do When You're Dead, and It's Life and Death, But Not As You Know It, From the Unbelievable to the Bizarre. This will be Trisha's fourth Seek Reality appearance, and I think you're going to enjoy her kind of cheeky and matter-of-fact Christian Christian, non-Christian, British attitude toward death in the afterlife. But Tricia really, really, she really knows her stuff and she's kind of fun. So I hope you'll join us next week. And this week, of course, we've been talking with our very dear, precious friend, Dr. R. Craig Hogan. He's the world's leading expert on all things death in the afterlife. And he's been with us for the 38th time. And that's just about right, since Craig has been our guest about once each quarter since Seek Reality began, and we're going to be celebrating our 10th anniversary, believe it or not, next spring. Since fear of death is the base fear, and since by survey more than 80% of the people on Earth are still afraid to die, Craig and I are devoting the rest of our lives to doing everything we can to eradicate the fear of death from the world. So together, we've just started Seek Reality Online, which is your definitive source of information on all things death and the afterlife. And you're not going to believe this until you know the truth for yourself, but it really is all good news, all of it, better news than you can imagine. You're never going to know what happiness is until you have given yourself the chance to live your life altogether free of the underlying fear of death. Just go to seekreality.com and check it out. And if you love it, Remember, it really is, it really is all Craig's work. And as you know, my own nonfiction books are Liberating Jesus, My Thomas, The Fun of Dying, The Fun of Staying in Touch, The Fun of Growing Forever, The Fun of Living Together, and The Fun of Loving Jesus, Embracing the Christianity that Jesus Taught. For young children, there's the fun of meeting Jesus, and you can order all these books through bookstores or on Amazon, and most of the adult books are available as audiobooks, too. If you want to talk about anything at all, you can always contact me through the green contact block on robertagrimes.com. I do answer every email. Just make sure you give me your correct email address. Past episodes of Seek Reality are available wherever podcasts are found, and many people listen each week through the Seek Reality app you can find for free in the iTunes app store. Meanwhile, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy, please make the most of this coming week in our one reality, always knowing that you are a powerful, eternal being. And you, in particular, in all the universe, you really are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we all share. Knowing the truth changes everything.